Welcome to Jingle Jank, the show where we find offbeat and obscure Christmas music on YouTube. I'm your host, Scott Newman. Joining me, as he always does, is the Christmas expert, Jay LaChapelle. How's it going, Jay? It's going well, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. As we're recording this, it's the Saturday night before Halloween, so we're almost done with this. I'm ready to move straight on to Christmas. I don't want to see another pumpkin. I don't want to see more candy. Well, I can't eat any. I'm diabetic anyway. This holiday holds nothing for me. And I happened to tune in the Sounds of the Season station on cable today, the music station. And it's all Halloween. Like every fourth song is the Monster Mash and then um, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. But in the bottom corner, it says, get ready. Christmas music coming November 1st. So I'm beyond excited about that. Christmas music will be playing 24-7 in my house from November 1st, probably through, I don't know, January 10th or so. So I'm doing great. Nice, dude. Nice. Yeah, we, we went on a whale watch today, actually, and it was... Uh, That's not Christmas. No, it's not very normally a Christmassy event, although I will give the crew of San Diego Whale Watch a lot of credit because <laughs> they were all in costume and... Uh, Are they paying us? What's that? Yeah, right, exactly. And we're always looking for sponsors. Um, but yeah, so they... Even whale watches. Yeah. yeah, they had the guy who was boarding everyone was dressed as death, you know, with the hammer and sickle, and it was kind <laughs> of a... They had a... They, they were, you know, if you you're not really big on going on a boat. That's not really the best thing to do, is it? Yeah, probably not. You know, but I had to give. They were they were a good crew and they were very spirited. But the what one of the things I thought of is they they played a very good selection of Halloween themed music during the the cruise. So it was very very in tune with our show. I thought it was you know a lot of obscure songs I hadn't heard of before. So oh, that's really cool. I wouldn't want to get on an airplane and have the pilot dressed as death. Yeah. That would be horrible. Yeah, no, probably a poor <laughs> You're choice. You're not filling me with confidence, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jay, we have a little bit of a different kind of show today. We're doing an entire album instead of a theme. Okay. And the album was brought to us by Jerry from the Totally Rad Christmas podcast, and we have him today. Should we bring him in or just let him sit there in silence? I think we should bring him in. Yeah, we should probably. Jerry, welcome to the show. First time guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. There's a, a few times where, you know, I've been listening. It's like, ah, I wish I was there. I had so much to add. <laughs> I think our second episode, we did 80s Christmas cartoon songs, yeah. and I didn't know you at the time. Right. And, yeah. and it was it was absolutely tailor-made for your show. But, you know, if we ever do something like that again, not only are you a research consultant for us, we'll have we'll have you on. It's <laughs> it's great to have you on. Now, uh, Jay Jerry is a, a master of of many subjects here, but he's got some <laughs> special credibility tonight. Okay. First of all, he's a Christmas podcaster, so tick that box, right? Yes. Second, he works in a Christmas store year round, so I mean, ticks You're another kidding. box. No, no, that is at, also true. Yeah, works at Decorators <laughs> Warehouse, does pro lights. You're kidding. If you ever have Christmas light questions, this is the guy to talk to. Can we dox Jerry? Can I ask him where he lives? Texas. Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where, where? What part of Texas, if you don't, it's a, it's a rather large tract of land. DFW area. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. I used to go to um, South Lake for work. Yeah. And then third, Jerry is also a musician. Oh. And I believe- Here we go. You actually like went to college and studied music? That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a major in physics with a minor in music composition. You're kidding me. And you were also a band director? I was a band director for a few years. Yeah. And uh, director of music and liturgy at a church for a few years and uh, gig around every once in a while. So that'll be fun. I'm starting to feel a little intimidated, Jay. How about you? Yeah, go back a degree in physics. That must have been an interesting uh, like line in, in 
what was that like <laughs> studying? I can't, I just think of that being like one of the most complicated subjects to, to go to school for. So it was fascinating. Yeah. But like the problem, like, you know, the homework, it would be like, here are these three problems. You have a week to solve them. Yeah. And they were, and they've never been solved. Before. They were, they were tough. <laughs> they were, they were pretty tough, you know, uh, especially when you started to get into like advanced electricity and magnetism. Yeah. Like at that point, there was like a lot of like, uh, electrons moving um, near light speeds and things like that. And then you got to figure out like fields and magnetic fields and stuff. So a very interesting background, both personally, professionally and educationally. And what le <laughs> that led to a career in Christmas podcasting. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wanted to make <laughs> the big right. money. Yeah. That's the that's the reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things I kind of fell into. I was a guest on uh, Tis the Podcast because I, I didn't feel they were doing Rankin Bass justice. And so I wanted to, to kind of share ah. my opinions on Rankin Bass. And uh, then one, Todd Killian from Christmas Clatter was like, hey, you should have your own show. And I thought, you know, I love the 80s. I loved all the toys and the music and movies and everything. Let me do that. But I also loved Christmas. So I figured I'll just kind of mash them together. And so that's kind of how I came up with it. Rank Rankin Bass is like one of those fandoms, too, that people are very like you find very passionate, like. <laughs> yeah, be careful, Jay. Highly careful. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know how you're going to land I, this plane, I, but be I, careful. I don't, I don't have a miser in this race, but I have a. a, a <laughs> You know, uh, I definitely have seen this take fall fall out before. Oh, no worries. And, and I'm, you know, I'm pretty cool about it. People, they can believe and like whatever they like. I really don't care. But, uh, you know, if, if you're going to give only one side of an argument, I like to be I'd like both sides to be equally represented. Yeah, that's why you live in Texas, right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Wrong show. This isn't Pod Save America. Um, <laughs> Jay, if you ever want to be nostalgic, you can talk to Jerry about He-Man toys, about Transformers, GoBots. I mean, I've dug stuff out of boxes nice. and sent photos before. It's Jerry's a really <laughs> fun guy, but he is quite literally the perfect guest for tonight. And he was the one that introduced me to the album that we're going to cover. And it's a doozy. I would say, <laughs> you know, we, we do two things well on this show. Well, we do no things well, but we do two things with a theme on this show, and it's offbeat and obscure. <laughs> this is about as obscure Both. as we have ever gone. Yeah. You know, one thing I want to point out about your show, Jerry, and having nothing to do with the show itself or, or music, but the uh, imagery, I think, I guess you would call like your, your totally rad Christmas. That's that 8-bit graphics, Nooms. Is that what I'm... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I love helped it. with just, part of it. Did you? Oh, he it did, yeah. warms the 8-bit yeah. yeah. chip of my heart. I love it. it really, really cool. But um, I, I wanted to get that in before we dove into the, the topic du jour. You sent me the information for this, Scott, a while back, and this led me down a rather interesting rabbit hole, which I'm sure you're going to talk about, but yeah. please take us into it. Well, uh, the album that we're going to listen to today is the 1984 album called A Midnight Christmas Mess. Mm -hmm. And Jerry sent me the, the one of the links that's in the show notes for this, and then I scrambled to find them on YouTube, and I had to go track by track searching for the artist and their track name. Not all of them mm -hmm. were under like a, usually it's under a single playlist it says boom midnight christmas mass here you go you can right. listen to the whole thing not today in fact not all of the songs are on youtube but fear not all the songs we're covering today are on youtube and we have the links for them that was one of the things i'm glad that you raised scott is normally all the the music and this is a part of just the way we do the show it's easily found on youtube but part of the i think the tale of this album was that it's not all easily found on youtube so 
Uh, can you expand a little bit because this is not this is this is not just like a uh, an album too. This is there's more of an institution behind this than I realized. It's a series, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, and you definitely want to check out the hipchristmas.com link that's in the show notes. There are three albums of this, Jerry, if not four. I think it's I think three. it's three too. Yeah, I know three. I've never I've never heard the fourth. If there is a fourth, but I do know there's three. For, yeah, yeah, I think there's three. And is Hip Christmas, are they, there? that's the review that I believe we read that. It's a review of it. And okay. yeah, this thing seems to have some kind of cult following. And <laughs> yeah. people are really into it. And I don't want to give anything away. It's not my favorite album. There are some no, cool tracks either. on here. There are some that I thought were almost unlistenable. Um, <laughs> but you have to. Agreed. You know, it, it, but it caters to a wide audience as well. I mean, you've got some really hard punk in here and you've got some softer folksy songs. It's a very strange mix and it's obscure and weird. And I'm, I think we're going to have a lot You're of welcome. fun today. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And it's so it's so 80s. And did you recognize any of the artists, Scott? Not a single one. Okay. No. And I don't know how many songs we're going to get into today. Usually we do five songs and, you know, this is our 35th episode. We've kind of got this down to a science. I would say for most of the songs, there's little to no information about them. And the artist maybe has done one album. There are no superstars on here. If, if anybody has heard of any of these artists, I'm going to be really surprised. Yeah. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert for our audience, because we'll, we'll probably talk a bit about this, but... The artists, uh, I think most of these artists, or at least according to the the review, so I should say this is according to the the write up um, yeah. that I read on this, that most of these were garage bands from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. In that review, it talks several points where they talk about you will recognize these folks if you you know listened to music in that time, but or in that place. So we were in the Northeast, but I don't think we would have been listening to garage music at this time. But no, and this predates all of us yeah. just a little bit. I yeah. mean, these these were bands that would have been recording in the in like 1981, yeah. 82. This album came out in 84 because they were established art. They <laughs> were established <laughs> regional artists yeah. at the time. Right. But it's going to be very much a product of its time. I think, Jerry, you're going to have some really interesting correlations to to bands that people do know. And, and that's yeah. what I think is yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, it's, it's an odd album. You're right, because it's not really 80s. It's like, it's almost like 80s via the 60s there is british punk sound in this there is like (laughs) 70s ramones kind of sound it's so weird Mm -hmm. and maybe instead of just trying to describe a color here we should just you know get into the music (laughs) yeah Uh, before we do jay uh, just a couple items of housekeeping okay jack ford wrote in from the total christmas podcast and he said todd was a great guest And I thought he was talking about Todd Killian from Christmas Clatter. And I thought, that's weird. He hasn't been on in a very long time. (laughs) He was talking about the Todd. Remember, you called Tony Todd. And I said, well, he said he was was the best guest we've ever had. And we should have him on again. So thank you for that, Jack. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I was hoping you were going to roll with that next time. And now back to Todd. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The real host of this show. (laughs) Also, Mike Westfall from the Advent Calendar House podcast wrote, in to say jay he has also heard of the band jellyfish yes and he agreed with you that mariah scary and the ghoulish cauldron sounds like them so you are now vindicated yeah in your review there <laughs> I, I appreciate that i li- and i went back and listened to this song again and it definitely is spot on well he hears it too so i trust you guys i do have a few notes that i stole from that hipchristmas.com review of the album and i just want to go through a few of these here 
The 1970s were a veritable desert of Christmas music, where the hippest artists putting out stuff were Partridge Family Carpenters and John Denver. New York City's Midnight Records stepped into the fray with three wonderful vinyl albums, A Midnight Christmas Mess, A Midnight Christmas Mess Again, and It's Midnight X Mess Part 3. These albums hardly burned up the charts, and they were very focused on the fertile American Northeast and its nascent garage rock revival. Now, that is straight from the article there, yeah, which you know because I don't talk that way. But the, the last one, <laughs> uh, Midnight Records was a tastemaker, and as such, their Christmas albums helped pave the way for the explosion kicked off by A Very Special Christmas. That was the 1987 album. I would call it seminal, Jerry. I would, too. That's like one of those classic. I mean, in fact, it was that album that really helped bring Christmas music back into the, the pop forefront. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a great book called Jingle Bell Rocks. It's mm-hmm. a two hour audio book or maybe it's one. It's hour. a documentary and, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. And they, mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, like um, Madonna brought back Santa Baby. Like it had she gone yeah. unplayed from there. But that and, and in fact, Jerry, that was the first Christmas album I ever bought myself. So it's very special to me. It's a good one, and, yeah. And I think the first one is the best one. And Christmas in Hollis, too, come yeah. on, that's got to be one of the top five Christmas songs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I heard it in Walmart. It, it, it felt really weird, you know, like, wow, I'm 45 and I'm in Walmart listening to Christmas in Hollis. Like, you know, like my, my, my parents are still alive, but they would roll over in their grave if they were dead uh, from just from thinking that. It's <laughs> an, an odd way to say it, but I know what you it mean. It is, yeah. yeah, sure. I know exactly what <laughs> yeah, you mean. Yeah, we're not close. Um <laughs> But can we can I just to go back a second? So I, if I'm understanding this right up correctly, so we we have uh, the subject of our show today is essentially the spiritual successor to a very special Christmas. No, no, the spiritual predecessor. predecessor. Predecessor, I'm sorry, predecessor, yes. This came out in 1984, Very Mm -hmm. Special Christmas came out in 87. I think what they're saying is this type of album, this idea of bringing all these different artists together to make a a Christmas album might have uh, paved the way for a Very Special Christmas. Now, I don't know if the people who produce Very Special Christmas knew anything about this at all. (laughs) Maybe Midnight Records is just taking credit. I don't know. One of the things I liked from the uh, the article, which you know, this is a music podcast, but I think the uh, reading the write up um, and what's the uh, the name of the website again for our listeners? Hipchristmas.com. Link is in the show notes. Okay, hipchristmas.com. Read uh, the mm-hmm. the review because it's a good companion to the music for sure. All right, are you guys ready to get into the music? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's get into it. So, Jerry, uh, I asked you which of the tracks on the album were the most important to you and uh, you told me two of them I made sure those two were first because I don't know how deep we're going to get into this list before the episode runs too long so our first song today is Merry Christmas by Plan 9 here we go I took a walk out in the cold last night don't want to be at home alone I saw the tinsel and the dancing lights Christmas. 
That was Merry Christmas by Plan 9. Jerry, as our guest today, why don't you go first? Tell me what you think of this song and your first impressions. So I really like this song, and mostly because of those uh, those power chords in that last riff that we heard there. So yeah. they, they go from like, uh, and of course, they're just power chords, so it's not like they're you know full triads, but they go from like the, uh, the, the, the tonic, the minor one, and then they go up a minor third. Ooh, listen to this, Jay. Our podcast is going places <laughs> yeah. today. I like this. But, Keep going, but Jerry. This is what I really love because then they create like a diminished triad outline. So then they go up to like the the flat five and then they resolve that down to the fourth. So, you know, bum, 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 bum. And so you get that kind of that triad, which is like, you know, the devil's tone or that, that they call yeah. it back in the Middle Ages. Ah. And uh, you get that tension, but then it's resolved. So it's like it's really almost quasi heavy metal there with, yeah. the, with the minor third and the flat fifth. But at the same time and, you know, because of the power chords, but at the same time, um, it's also very bluesy. And so if you listen to the guitar, like the, the fuzz that they use, it sounds like they might be using some humbuckers on that, but the fuzz that they use, I mean, it's just, it's like a, like sixties via, you know, eighties heavy metal. I mean, it's like a strange, just perfect marriage yeah. that, uh, I, I don't know. I really love this. And the tritone is the blue note too. Mm-hmm. So I can see part of that, you know, coming together and, and Lash, how about this man? The, Eat your heart out, Kirk from yeah, Strong right? Songs. We got Jerry Davila today, and he's he's talking about he's yeah, talking. Right? Triads. This is this is some next level stuff here. Oh though. yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, don't. No, I'm not that. I, <laughs> I I got like for a minute there. I got kind of a Lou Reed vibe in the beginning of this song before the gritty uh, uh, distortion kicks in. Like when the, he's just kind of mulling along, yeah. and a little bit of that that feel, but not after you know after that. Obviously, it's gone. <laughs> and Jay, you said a word that I think is really important. That's grit. We don't hear a lot of grit in Christmas music. Yeah. Yeah. And none of these songs today are really going to give you the, like, quote unquote, Christmas feels. There's no Harry <laughs> no, Como, Bing Crosby so kind of feeling here. <laughs> these are all Christmas songs. There are sleigh bells. There are sleigh bells. And when, they, in fact, they're a little few and far between. And when you hear them, they do kind of stand out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, th- this song looks like New York in the 1970s in my mind, which is, you know, cars up on <laughs> blocks, buildings that are blown out. You know, it was a very crappy time and <laughs> that pre Giuliani yep. era of New York was rough, you know, and, and it was uh it was like really, you know, like a very the French um, connection or something. Yeah, you know what's a great like we, we we probably watch Forrest Gump once a week in our house because it's on, you know, every weekend and we joke our dog likes to watch it. Yeah. But it, it um you know that that Lieutenant Dan scene, you know, the New Year's Eve, that oh, New yeah. York, that that is the New York that this song sounds like. Yeah. One thing I noticed as like a through line with all these songs, um so even though they might be using like major chords for the tonics, they're always going to like the flat 7 major and like the flat 3 major. And so there's almost like this underlying just blues uh, connection with all the songs, even on some of the the poppier ones that I, I've listened to here, that kind of sound like '60s folk music as well. They they still use these same kind of chord structures and chord progressions that uh, really evoke, at least to my mind, like the blues. And so I think that's why it just works as a cohesive album, even though it's so different. Uh, sonically you know like you have all these different instrumentations and arrangements but for some reason like it works and i think that's why i think it's just their chord progressions and to your earlier point about the tone and the fuzz here that is 
to me why it doesn't sound like we're listening to Skinner or the Allman Brothers or right. any like blues rock people. Like, yeah, it it does feel like that post disco you know, punk period mm-hmm. in there. Um, I do have some notes on plan nine. First of all, I'll mention because all the songs today come from the same album. This is the second song on the B side of the album and kids there, there used to be records and you'd have an A side and a B side, um, you know, or you might today, you might just call it track seven, but it's the, the second song on the B side. Uh, plan nine is an American neo psychedelic band from Rhode Island formed in 1979 the group was named for the 1950s science fiction film Plan 9 from Outer Space. Not something I'm familiar with, but it sounds cool. Uh, I am familiar with that. It, it's that famous Ed Wood movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, very cool. With Bella Lugosi. <laughs> and here's a, here's a quote from the Calgary Herald from 1989. Their music has that spirited, no-holds-barred feel of rock from the 60s while managing not to sound dated. So, Jerry, you mentioned the 60s and, and yeah. kind of a little bit of a feel you got. So I guess you could work for the Calgary Herald um, <laughs> in their music department. So hey. I don't know if they're still around, but if they are, hey, guys, I'm here. Yeah. All right. All right. From remotely, you know, phones still working, hosers. <laughs> uh, here we go. <laughs> I'm guessing the Calgary Herald is not, uh, you know, at its former glory. Probably not. Yeah. And Jay, I think it's always worth mentioning whether we would put songs on our mythical Christmas playlist or not. Yeah. For me, this is kind of a no-go. It's a little too gritty and heavy. I wouldn't be having a Christmas gathering that would have this kind of mood. Maybe if it was me and you and Jerry hanging out in my basement with my pinball machine and my arcade <laughs> machines. Dude, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah. That, and that does sound like a good fit for this. Like I was trying to think of like a gritty kind of environment where this would like a garage Christmas party might yeah. be a mm-hmm. good fit for this. And my initial thought uh, for the playlist was hard pass, but I do think this would be a fun one to throw in just to kind of mix it up a little bit. And, um, you know, it depends if you've got a bit more like if you want to show some range to your your taste, I think you throw this one in there. But it's definitely a uh, uh, situational usage only. I agree. Yeah, there is something that's interesting about it as well. I listen to all these songs solo. Uh, You know, I was sitting in my house playing some video games, listening to these Listening to it now with you guys, the song had a bit of a different feel. It's kind of like how a hot dog tastes better at the ballpark, even though it's the same yeah. thing. So <laughs> I don't know. There might be something to that that, you know, maybe I'll feel differently about a few of these songs. Sitting on your own, this isn't the kind of music I would just sit and listen to. Right. So that was part of it as well. Any closing thoughts on Merry Christmas by Plan 9, or should we move on to the next one? Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. <laughs> okay, discuss. discuss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next song today is Gloria by the Trifles. Here we go. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Says, why your joy strains prolong? 
That was Gloria by the Trifles. Jay, why don't you go first this time? What do you think? Uh, so this is occasionally, and we, we probably need a better term for this, but occasionally we come across songs in the show that uh, shouldn't have happened, that were remakes <laughs> or, or you know things that we just... <laughs> we, let's just say this. We often talk about uh, songs that are frequently covered and redone, which you see in Christmas music, and, and when they're... You know, we it's give, part of what makes Christmas music great, I think. Yeah, and I think we are kind to those who, who carry on and, and add to and, and innovate on great, on great songs, and we are fairly harsh critics of those that beat up on them. And I like the song Gloria for non-Christmas reasons, um, and it's one of those songs that's been covered a ton of times by bands and usually really well. This is not one of them. Uh, so <laughs> I don't mean to beat up on them. You know, maybe this, I'm not giving these guys a fair shake, but I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I, I, I like it a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know why. And I was talking to you guys during the, while the music was playing. I feel like this is dollar store Mick Jagger or something <laughs> yes. here. Like it's got some Rolling Stones feel mm-hmm. to it. But I guess what it has, though, is it has a rawness to Very. it. This is not a well pro- overproduced. Like I feel like I just saw. It's not well produced at all. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I just went to some back alley concert and yeah. saw something different. What did you think, Jerry? So yeah, definitely not well produced at all. The guitars are mixed way too loud. There's like way too much highs in there. I mean, I would add some mids. Jay, are you taking but, notes on the kind of stuff Jerry says? Because this sounds classy. <laughs> I am. I am super classy. But, Go yeah, ahead, Jerry. I, I think what I like about this song is that I'm a huge Blue Oyster Cult fan, and this oh, sounds yeah. like early Blue Oyster Cult back when they were like the Stock Forest group before they like really made it. So you got uh, Mick Jagger vibes. I got like Eric Bloom vibes. You know, he's a He's the, the the lead singer, especially in like you think about that song, um, uh, "I'm on the Lamb" or, or what is it? "I'm on the Run." But uh, dude, I can't if think it's not uh, "Don't Fear the Reaper," I don't know who it is. Okay? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, B O C. Play "Don't Fear the Reaper." So well, th- there's they have a few they have a few songs from their first album. "Don't Fear the Reaper." And, <laughs> I love that song. Uh, it's one of my one of my favorite songs. The first song I learned how to play on guitar, by the way. Oh no, uh, kidding! But like when we first started out um, and especially in their first album before they transitioned to their second one, like they kind of had this sound where it was like quasi sixties. Cause it was still, you know, that, that uh, the 69, 70 when they first started. Yeah. Uh, and they hadn't quite transitioned over to, to more 70 style harder rock. And I got just, I got heavy vibes of that group, you know, with Buck Dharma on guitar. Uh, of course he was a lot more clean than their guitarist was. But <laughs> Yeah, okay. It's there's. It's funny you should mention this because my wife and I we've just celebrated 20 years of marriage, and the first apartment we lived in was like a kind of like a quad like parking area. So we we watched. We did a lot of people watching this apartment. And one of the other tenants was a guy we used to call Blue Oyster Cult guy. He had you know the upside down question mark. His whole back oh, of yeah, his yeah, leg. Yeah. He had that tattooed like up his calf. He had stickers all. Over. I've never seen anybody more into Blue Oyster Cult. I never. We never met him. I never got to know his actual name, but Blue Oyster Cult guy. So I promise. It wasn't me, guys. Yeah, no. I promise it wasn't no me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the other thing I really like about the song is how they play with the chords. So when they get to the refrain, that's the standard chord progression. But in the actual like verse, they go from uh, like in the traditional song, they kind of stay on the one chord and then they go to like a four, then they go back to one and they go to a five. So pretty standard. Here they go from the one to the flat seven again. You know, so it's like a D, like D, C, D, C. You know, so they're doing that while he's singing that 
that verse. And so it just adds a little extra like, oh, that's unusual. Well, did they do that because of the source material, though? Uh, it could be. But in the original, like I said, the standard harmonization of it is, you know, they, they'd go from from the one chord. They'd stay on that one, you know, angels we have. Okay. And then right there is where they changed to like a four chord or a five chord. You know, uh, I, I can't remember at the time. OK, but, all right. So it's. Uh, it, it's just odd. It, it, it goes back and forth. And I just I found it very fascinating that they would choose that that particular progression. But again, it reminded me of that previous song we just heard, that one to flat seven that you hear all, all the time. And you mentioned uh, a little bit about the, the guitars and, and how they were mixed. I thought the tone was interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like it has like that Vox or Orange Amp kind of tone. Yeah. Not the later 70s yeah. Marshall, like really heavy uh, saturated, like it was still right. bright and it's uh, almost a little painful yeah. to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very, very trebly. And uh, mm-hmm. that's why I, I think that's still good. It's giving me those late 60s um, guitar feels and not the 70s. Yeah, exactly. If they had like turned up the lows and even the mids, just dial in some mids, guys, and you can really make that sound just better. Because uh, I agree, it was kind of painful to listen to uh, the guitar and it was just, it was mixed way too loud. Like like the vocals needed to be louder. But the other thing that I thought was really weird is that, you know, you had that lead singer kind of, you know, angels we have heard on high, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> well, underneath it, you had like the the, the background singers, the, the ladies, you know, singing like almost chorally i mean it was, it's a strange juxtaposition of the of again the two. it was like yeah. this weird juxtaposition yeah <laughs> you know what it feels though jerry what's that it feels authentic it does feel authentic so yeah. i'm gonna give them that that's the the high note that i'm gonna leave this song on like this was me and my buddies like in a garage when we were in high school and we didn't have any experience and we were just like yeah we sound good <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, there was nobody That's mixing right. this, no. right? This was a, yeah, they were playing in the bowling alley, Jay, and the, that guy had to go up and sell some shoes, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Spray yeah, that down, was sort of part of know. the charm of this album, I guess. But in, in, in fairness, yeah, garage band music is kind of something you ha- it has, like, I don't know if endearing is the right word, but that's the quality. Like, I'm a huge fan, Jerry, of the Grateful Dead. Nice. And I'm very well aware that to the layperson just wading into their catalog, a lot of their live music sounds like, you know, not great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At times, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like it was recorded I think, on I a think potato. Ted Nugent right? famously said that they should have practiced their instruments more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that this has this kind of music has some of that that quality to it, yeah. which is the the trained ear. And I I'm doing the air quotes thing. The trained ear in <laughs> terms of if you've been you know treated to this in the past, you can recognize that kind of crappy sound and appreciate it. Yeah. A couple notes on the trifles before we move on here. Trifles. Guys got great names. This is the sixth track on the B side of the album. And Jerry, I I don't know if this is truly a thing, but I feel like if you're dealing with the B side of the album, the lower you go in the track numbers, like the the less strong the music. Yeah. That's just a guess. Usually you want to you want to start strong and you want to end strong, but you know. Yeah, that was and that was Bruce Springsteen's thing, I believe. <laughs> like he, he always wanted to make sure the first and last. Yeah, yeah. it's like the higher <laughs> table numbers in a, in a wedding. So this was the sixth track on the B side of the album. The Trifles are a garage rock band from New York City. Uh, Hold your hats on this one. I know it's going to be surprising. They only had a single album. What? Yeah. And uh, (laughs) and I had a note that they have a strong Rolling Stones vibe. Yeah. yeah. So that was the Trifles. Um, An interesting track. And, And believe me. I actually picked what I thought were the best tracks of the album. So the ones that are on the cutting room floor are even more painful to listen. It's to. so funny because it's like, it's perfectly eighties in that way, you know, cause the eighties had like a lot of fantastic stuff, you know, like I'm thinking 
uh, great movies like, and uh, again, great is, is matter of taste, but you know, you had like a right. lot of good uh, uh, Schwarzenegger movies, Stallone movies, but then you had like a lot of like low budget sci-fi <laughs> yeah. movies and, and, and action movies that like tried to rip them off. And that's kind of how I feel, you know? So like some of these uh, are, so you have the, the big tracks that are like, I don't know, Conan. And then you have some of those other tracks that are like the sword and the sorcerer, you know? <laughs> and I feel that's what this is right here. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, amazing. That is a great, great uh, description. I don't know if the 80s produced more of that than any other decade, <laughs> like but it. you know, we often just remember the tip of the iceberg. There were many, on <laughs> many that came uh, before, like, you know, it was, it's, it's Halloween time and we just watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like the third one was just on, caught a little oh, bit nice. of that. <laughs> yeah. A few of those uh, nice and good, good campy 80s yeah. movies, but you forget, uh, just you know, again, we forget the '80s kind of went out on a on a Disney bang and came in on a on a very gritty undertone. You know, it was a, it was a, it, the world was not so pretty yeah, at that no. time, and everything was new. All, all these movie make yeah. you know these these yeah. low budget movies. I, it was I remember where that would, movie you're describing would have been in the video store. You know, it would have been very low <laughs> on the true. shelf that's by right. the floor. You know, near the yeah. bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna channel my inner uh, roller rink DJ here, and we're gonna slow it down a little bit here. With <laughs> everybody, grab a partner. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> grab a partner for a couple skate here. This is Christmas time with you by the Cheap Skates. same way too if it works out okay i'll find a way to spend my christmas time with you feeling the cold and blow forgiving the winter snow or reflecting the sun christmas time with you That was Christmas Time with You by the Cheapskates. And you're probably thinking, did Scott screw up the editing and spliced in the wrong episode here? Because this sounds nothing like the first two songs we listened to. But no, this is from the same Midnight Christmas Mess. Jerry, what do you think of this song and, and its uh, radical departure from the earlier two songs? Well, oh, man. Okay. So again, we're kind of, we kind of come to that one, four, five chords, but used in such a different way. So the main verse it goes back between the four chord and the five chord where we kind of start on that five and so you get like tonically you think that that is a like you think we're in the key of d but we're not we're actually in the key of g but they just they stay on that d to c progression so much that you you get that feel of that one flat seven and then eventually in the vert in the chorus excuse me they uh they go to that that g and then oh wait we're in a different key so it's really different but the arrangement as well it sounds like like 60s folk song it does very much uh, yes. or, or almost um uh, what is it the the sky rockets and flood afternoon delight band <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah bay city rollers uh, right i maybe i don't i don't remember what it was uh, it could be them um i got that vibe from like okay this is different so while tonically you know or, or uh, orally they kind of sound very similar to the other ones as far as as chord progression goes just the whole arrangement 
throws that out the window. And so I, I think I actually like this one better, even though it's not like my favorite genre of music. But at the same time, it's more lighthearted. It's a little sweeter because of its style of playing. Uh, especially even the way it just starts out with that that opening, you know, uh, like descending scale, and then he comes in, and there's no real chords. It's just like that little line and like a bass. I mean, it's it just it's perfectly '60s in an odd way. And Jerry, with what you just said there, um, my corollary in real life is we had a Halloween party at the house today, mm-hmm. and all of my daughter's friends came, and I mean, it was screaming, it was mayhem, and then everybody <laughs> finally left, and there's my daughter being sweet again, and it was like. Oh, thank God. You know, like my eye was doing the twitching and I like the sound was getting to me yeah. and I was just like, oh, this is a lot better. And that's how I feel when <laughs> yeah. I hear this song. <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. Compared to the first two. Um, Jay, I, I have a note from our research department. It was not the Bay City Rollers. It was the Starlight Vocal Band that's that it. sang yep. Afternoon yep. Starlight Vocal yep, Band. Okay, yeah. But what did you think of this song? I, you know, so I had the same, the same feeling. Well, first of all, this was definitely an abrupt change. Like this was the, did we just shuffle the discs yeah. to a folk from uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, punk to folk? Yeah, I was actually, uh, I, I pulled up, I uh, was trying to look at the soundtrack for the movie uh, Easy Rider because this reminded me of a song off of it, actually, and the birds, I think. So 60s folk was, was spot yeah. on. It does sound like 60s folk. And Jerry, you know what yeah. else it makes me think of? What's that? Is, you, know, you know how Woodstock was a crazy mix of different genres? Very much so, yeah. You know, that's almost what I'm feeling here, and obviously this is this is not the 70s, but it reminded right. me of that. Yeah. You got Jimi Hendrix on one hand, and I, you know, I can't even think there were folk legitimate still folk, yeah, legitimate other, folks uh, mm-hmm. singers there as well so th- this was <laughs> this was definitely different i do like the song you heard it here first folks the midnight christmas mess is the woodstock of christmas albums <laughs> it's the woodstock of christmas albums yeah. it really is it really is including the mud and the nudity <laughs> could be um, could be yeah and again 82 you know i mean this is still yeah, not true. that far removed you know per our earlier discussion jerry this is the first song on the b side of the album so it's a little bit of a stronger track. Yeah, I agree. Some notes here. The Cheapskates, and that's E-E-P, not E-A-P. The Cheapskates <laughs> are a now-defunct 1980s garage rock and power pop band from New York. Yeah. According to allmusic.com, the Cheapskates were a big part of the 80s revival of the garage rock scene on the East Coast. I'm going to take their word for it there. Which is funny because when you think of like garage rock, you don't really think of like 60s folk songs. <laughs> So, no, not at no. all. No, I, I think of the, the two previous tracks we listened to. I, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I feel like a garage folk. I feel like there's like a Siren Live yeah, skit yeah, in there exactly. somewhere, right? Um, <laughs> this song was later included on a bonus track on the 1995 CD re-release by Music Maniac of the LP Run Better Run, which originally came out in 1984 on Midnight Records, the same label that did this one. The only reason I mention that is this song actually had some longevity to it where a lot of the other ones didn't. Yeah, well, and it just feels better produced. Yeah, it is. It feels like a legit song. It's mixed better. It's mastered better. Um, yeah, and I think for those reasons, it's it's somewhat unremarkable. I, I agree as well, yeah. <laughs> this is the Toyota Camry of Christmas <laughs> yes. music. Beige Toyota Camry, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Playing it yeah. safe. <laughs> License plate reads laying yeah. up. Of the three we listened to, Joe, the, uh, Jay, Joe. <laughs> hey, Joe. How's it going? Hey, um, of Joe. The, <laughs> back to you, Todd. <laughs> of the three we've listened to today, this is the first one I would maybe put on a playlist. 
Yeah. And it, it is unremarkable. It's it's nothing special. Uh, yeah. It's filler. And it's it filler doesn't music. feel like Christmas uh, no. at all to me either. I mean, I mean, none of them really have. None of them really have. But but this one, for some reason, feels less Christmassy to me than the others. Let's see if the next one um, does any better, because I think the songs actually do get a little better from here. And I know that's passing judgment. Music is a very subjective thing. You may have loved that first or second track, and here we are, you know, just just ripping on it. And you may have hated track number three. I don't know. But I think, personally, that the songs get a little better in quality. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and part of it is, you know, the lyrics and songwriting. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just like the, the overall tone of the songs that are coming up. But anything else to say about Christmas Time with You by the Cheapskates? Great band name. Yeah, cool name. It is a, it is a cool name. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> Reminds me of the Cheap Cheeps from Mario. Mario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so the next song today is Christmas Time, that's T-Y-M-E, by the Yard Trauma. That was Christmas Time by the Yard Trauma. What'd you think, Jay? Yeah, so that had a, like, a, um, I think a, uh, you had said The Clash, you, you, a couple other punk bands that inspire this. I got a Violent Femmes vibe from this, so I don't know. Mm. Mixed with, like, a little bit of, uh, um, okay. you know, it's still some mm-hmm. of that gritty late 60s, early 70s uh, kind of rock sound. Right. I saw the Violent Femmes. All I remember was thinking, play that one song. Yeah, didn't we see them together at UConn? Wasn't that worse? Well, you were there. At the, I believe the Fugees <laughs> were also there. Yeah, or was that the year that it was, wasn't it the Violent Femmes and, and this year we're talking about <laughs> nice. uh, weird comedy. Wasn't it the Violent Femmes and the Notorious B.I.G.? I don't remember that. Uh, here we are flexing on seeing <laughs> the Violent Femmes. And, you know, definitely Jerry, you may be confused right now. This is this is a Christmas music podcast, not a forum for outrageous boasting. So yeah, I apologize yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it, Jay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And it, there was just something, it, it was both, I think, that mixture of punk and and rock, you know, like late 60s rock that sounded good, just mm-hmm. real hard. You just picture somebody wailing away on like a yeah. Rickenbacker or something like that. Yeah. Jerry, what I liked, I liked the uh, the chorus. Yeah. It's a cool riff. It, it went something like Sing Noel, Sing Noel. And it was very, very repetitive. I don't know. I don't know why I liked that. Normally, yeah. I don't think I would, but I like this song. Yeah. 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 So, musicologists tell me it was like, which again, it's like they, they go back to the, uh, this follows that same pattern. They have the one, the flat three, the flat seven, back to the one. But that riff, it's just, it's so simple and it's so catchy. Yeah. You know, it's just the, the yeah, that I was mean, power chords. What else right do there. they need to do? I, I actually think this one works a lot 
better than the other yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need to hire Joe Satriani to play that <laughs> one. Jay. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. There was a, there was yeah. simplicity to it. And it, yeah. again, another one that felt very authentic. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I'm speaking like I was around for the early eighties punk scene or something. No, I was in, <laughs> in 1980, I was probably still in diapers. So I, I, I'm talking out the side of my mouth. I but, definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely was still in diapers. But, um, I don't know. It just, it gives me a, an authentic yeah. feel for whatever yeah. that's worth. This is one that I didn't uh, I didn't dive as deep into, but you can hear just from that little, as we listen to it right now, you, I mean, you can definitely hear, again, the same progressions. They actually have some tone to them. Like, like you can hear not just the highs like we heard in that previous band, uh, the, the, what is it, Trifles? Uh, so they, they mm-hmm. actually thought about adjusting some of the, <laughs> the EQ on their guitars. Yeah. And I, I appreciate yeah, this was, that. This was a well-produced song. I liked <laughs> I, it. I definitely appreciate an EQ'd track yeah. here and there. Yeah, for sure. This is the third song on the B-side of the album. A lot of B-sides today. Yeah. Could be just selection bias because that's all I could find, too. Yeah. Uh, Yard Trauma were one of the leading revival bands of the 1980s. Yard Trauma were formed in Tucson, Arizona by singer-guitarist Joe Dodge and bassist Lee Joseph, who had been playing in the Johnny Seven. Now, they say that like I'm supposed to know who the Johnny Seven are. (laughs) Oh, the Johnny Johnny Seven. Well, come right in. One of my favorite parts about reading Wikipedia articles are uh, when you get to that part where it's like, you know, known most famously for having played with, (laughs) really? The the Johnny Seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not Miles Davis, dude, so (laughs) simmer down. They were in the Flying Burrito (laughs) Brothers. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Let's uh, move on to the next one. I think this is the last song. We may get two more in because we're running a little late, but Jerry, you're such an excellent guest. I think our listeners will give us just a little extra leeway here. This is On Comet by The Point. On Comet On That was on Comet by the Point. What do you think, Jerry? I like this one. Yeah. I like this one a lot. <laughs> yeah. What is it about it that you like so much? Well, first of all, I like that they use more than just you know the the same chords that everybody else was using. Uh, of course, again, we have a more uh, polished arrangement, uh, so I really appreciated that as well. But there's a, a during the verse where they're actually using the same chords of one of my other favorite songs, which is a Kobe Calais song. So it's more recent, um, called "I Never Told You." And that's more of like a sad, sad, sappy kind of, you know, I love you, but you never knew kind of song. But I love the chord progression that she uses there. So she goes from like the minor one to the the uh, flat three. And then from there, this is where it kind of gets fun. She goes to the flat six, then the flat seven, and then she goes back to that minor one. And so they kind of, they take that progression 
uh, I take, they had it first, I guess, but, but uh, they use that progression and they use it like kind of inventively. It's just, it's really nice. And then they set up to the chorus, which is kind of just a one chord, four chord, and then, you know, back and forth. Um, so it's the simplicity that, that I love, but also just that it's uh, just a little more, um, or it, it's, let me say it this way. It's just refreshing to hear a different chord combination from this album. Um, I really enjoy in the album, but something about this track, the way it's produced, it's just, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. It was like a very refreshing, this was yeah, like a yeah. glass of self. This is your palate cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sherbert. Yeah. Sorbet, whatever. Jay, I think I'm going to start making Jerry go last because following <laughs> him no, is no, uh, no, pretty no. tough. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I like music. <laughs> I feel like I failed out the second week of community college music class or something, but uh, uh, ditto what Jerry said, but um, this one did sound more musical, Jerry. It really did, than, yeah. Than the other ones. I thought it was a little pedantic. Oh, well, <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Jay, I would put this on a playlist. I like this one enough yeah. to do that. Yeah, I liked it a lot. This is definitely an addition, and I want to tip my hand too much, but this is one of my favorite songs for, for our lineup this week. <laughs> yeah, same here. And lyrically, uh, it's... Uh, uh, very Christmassy as well. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> it was. This one gave me more Christmas feels than a lot of the, especially those first two. Man, we started off with two really rough ones um, yeah. or, or very, very different genres. I have some notes on the the point. Yeah, the point. Tell me about the point. Get, get to the point. Yeah. Because <laughs> it sounds like a place you would surf, Jay. <laughs> This is the second track on side one of the album. The Point was active on the Los Angeles club circuit from 1979 to 1985. So, Jay, this one is not the Northeast. Okay, that's good to know. This is your neck of the woods. You know what? I can actually, I kind of get that. I mean, it does feel uh, like there's almost a little bit of a surfer vibe to it as well. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. And uh, they sound like that time frame doesn't really match up with what this sound <laughs> exactly, is to me exactly. now for some reason. It's very much like when you said that from 1979 yeah. to what, mid-80s, it just doesn't seem to match that. Like if they had said 66 or something, I, I would have believed it a lot more. Yeah, or if they had said like 98 or something like that too. I or ex- Exactly, yeah, yeah. Somewhere in that time frame. But Jerry, the vocal harmonies reminded me more of the 60s. It, yeah. Than of like yeah. the late 70s or anything like that. That was a throwback. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Here's the next line. This one's going to be surprising here. The point were often described as part of LA's psychedelic revival scene known as the Paisley Underground. Yeah. I <laughs> do not know anything about the Paisley Underground. <laughs> well, that's what I was digging on that vibe of like I mentioned, you know, the guys kind of in suits going back and forth. That was like that, yeah, that yeah. late 60s British invasion, like the time yeah, right as the sure. Beatles were discovering acid and Floyd was coming up. This is the sound <laughs> of that period. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, definitely picked this, this is when Eric Clapton went to an SG. It started changing, you know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. this is like, wait, can, can't you track, is this like cream? Would this be cream or would this be, or Yardbirds? What is be, the time frame? It would be post-Yardbirds. Yeah, I, I can believe. see that. Post-Yardbirds, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah it, it's a little bit cream-like. I, I remember getting into cream in college and I was like, this is a whole different kind it of It was cool, here. yeah. They, they knew how to groove, yeah. It was very different. Well, the good news, guys, is we do have time for one more song today. So we will, we'll get Ooh, six in here. Let's do it. Which one are you going to do? We're going to do Christmas Time, It Sure Doesn't Feel Like It by the Dogmatics. Are you ready? Interesting choice, yeah. I know. I, was, I thought you were going to pick the last one because I guess that's Yeah, I didn't like the track. last one. So uh, I really didn't like it much either. I actually liked that uh, Here's What I Want on Christmas Day. But yeah, this, Christmas Time, is, that's a good one. Let's do that. All right, one. well, no, let's do What I Want on Christmas Day. Here we go. You got the talk about until it's run through my blood. 
That was Xmas time. It sure don't feel like it by the dogmatics. Jerry, what did you think? You picked this one. You you pulled an audible at the last second here, and I'm I glad did. you did because I think this one's actually better than the one that I was about to play. Yeah, I agree. So tell us what you think of it. I like this one. <laughs> okay, but, great. So well, that was a great conversation. Yeah, no. He's not the best color man in baseball for nothing, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the tracks we played, this one feels the most 80s. Uh, a lot of it is because of that, uh, the, the baseline, um, you know, the, so I, I believe this was like in the key of um, A. Oh, obviously. But they, they kind of, again, they kind of stick on like that, you know, E, E, G, A, dun, 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 dun. And so like that just little riff right there feels very 80s to me as well. The singer, the way he's singing also, uh, as you mentioned earlier, it does kind of remind me a little bit of uh, the Talking Heads. A little uh, bit, yeah. But I, I don't know, just something about the whole vibe of it just felt very 80s. I think it had to do with the instrumentation. But not 80s in the synth kind of way. It was the vocals reminded right. me more of the 80s. The sound was right. still like very late 70s to me. Yeah, I get where you're going with that. But I think it's just that, that riff there. Like I could just, I, I feel like that riff was playing off a lot of that, like in the in the, the 80s, especially like that early 80s. I could I could really hear. It's, it sounded like Devo. That's where I think the Evo. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> that's where the 80s vibe came in. Yeah. But not only the, uh, not so much the, uh, <laughs> the, the music, but uh, their, how they sang. Yeah. Uh, and again, yeah. I'm the untrained, you know, musical novice here. The way that they approached singing the song sounded very Devo, kind of punkus, punk esque. Yeah, punkus. I like that. That's <laughs> Chris, that's Christmas punk music. Punkus. <laughs> yeah. <Punk-mas. laughs> um, I think it was a great last track to play today, and coincidentally, this was the last song on the A side of the record. So, if they followed the Bruce Springsteen idea of putting a very strong song at the beginning and the end of each side of a record, well, maybe mm-hmm. they maybe they did that. This was a pretty good song here. A couple notes: the Dogmatics are a rock band from Boston, Massachusetts. They were formed in the 80s. They still play local venues, and they released their first new recording in over 30 years on Rumbar Records in 2019. Jay, you know Rumbar Records, of course. Ah, sure, yeah. They're very, very much. Uh, well, Rumbar. No, am I supposed to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They- <laughs> I believe they sell these albums at the shoe store. I'm not sure. I know where Boston is. I mean... <laughs> I do have a cool note on this song, though. This is the most interesting note of all of the notes from today. Oh, I love interesting notes. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones recorded this song in 2005 (laughs) for Mercury Records compilation, Home for the Holidays, a benefit record for the nonprofit organization Phoenix House. To me, Jerry, that lends a little credibility to the song that Uh, (laughs) much, much later, somebody of the stature of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones would take this song and re-release it. I was going to play a clip of it, 
I'll be honest with you, it sounded exactly the same as they did not put much spin on it at all. So I didn't, I didn't see a lot of value in bringing a clip. <laughs> oh man, that's kind of a bummer. Not even their horns. Their no, horn no. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a late Boss Tones guy though, and it did not sound like the Boss Tones to me. So I got you. Uh, I got it, it was interesting, but it, good on uh, them for for taking this interesting song and and doing something with it, especially for charity. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Overall, I, I really enjoyed the song. Again, not the most Christmassy. No, but no. it just it had a nice groove to it. You know, you could just really kind of rock out to it and and uh, like you were mentioning earlier this is the kind of song i could like see myself with a bunch of my friends yeah you know just hanging out playing video games yep. eating potato chips yeah, you know this just kind of like man this song's cool Do we have doritos yeah, you know and then just <laughs> keep going you know and this song also made me feel happy yeah and i know that i'm ripping on those first two songs today yeah. but it's just i'm just a, as a comparison yeah. i felt kind of exhausted after listening to them this one was <laughs> this was a fun song yeah well, and again, once again, we get better production quality for this song than those first two, which I think also helps. Yeah. Uh, especially that second one, the Gloria one. That uh, that one was rough. Yes. Jay, someday uh, when they remaster all of our episodes uh, because we've gone gold in the podcasting world, we'll have to um, change the playlist and drop those first two songs, okay? Well, you know, we, we had to go there to get here, so I think you can't overlook the importance of that. So, you know, we had to do mm-hmm. what we had to do, right? Well, if you go to JingleJank.com and you look at the second tab that says The Songs, that shows all the songs we've ever played. Sometimes we just need some filler in there to make it look a little bigger than it is. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, we got six in today. You know, we're, 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 we're cruising good. toward like 225 songs here. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. So that was our six songs today. We've come to the portion of the show that we call The Roundup, Jerry. I didn't prep you for this, so sorry. You know, I, I, no, no, that's okay. I know this that's is okay. going to be tough, but what was your favorite song that we played today? Uh, out of all of them, I think it was probably on Comet. Yep. I think that one's probably my favorite. Uh, I mean, I really like that last song too, just because it kind of, it, it really grooves. But I think overall, just for, for production quality, for the interest, because I mean, in that bridge, we didn't mention it, but in that bridge, it uh, they, they kind of use some secondary dominant chords in there to, to give more uh, just harmonic interest. So uh, I think I, on Comet, it's probably my favorite. It's tough sometimes because we only play 60 seconds of a song, so yeah. it's hard to pick one contiguous 60-second chunk. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes, like you're saying there, you know, later on in the bridge, and some of these songs, that's where the sleigh bells came in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that was pretty cool, and I wish we had that, but then you miss some of the setup at the beginning of the song. Right, so right. it can be really yeah. tough yeah. to do that. Jay, I'm going to put on my wizard robe here and guess what your favorite was today. Yeah. I think your favorite was all so on Comet by the point. Yeah, it definitely was on Comet, and it, you know this was a bit of a, a not as hard a choice given that you know, the first two songs were rough. But yeah, <laughs> that was my favorite by far uh, this week, and definite addition to the playlist. The subheadline of this episode is going to be like, "With apologies to Plan Nine and the Trifle." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I'm going to be pretty boring, and it's going to sound like I'm phoning it in. But my favorite is also on Comet by the Point. Now, the the interesting part of that, though, Jay, is this is the first time we've had a unanimous. Yes, it is. I was just thinking the same thing. Actually, is that true? The synchronicity if, 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 is going to occur in the universe, like clap. <laughs> Somebody call the yeah, police. This is very much the first episode where we've had a guest. And we've all picked the same. I don't know. Have you and I both picked the same song before? I feel like it might have happened once. In 35 episodes, it has to have happened once, but it's, it, I would say, very <laughs> seldom. 
there's usually enough to pick from that we wind up on different songs, I think, not by design, but this was a, this was a thin week. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, and if you look at this playlist as a whole, what an interesting episode yeah, today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This was different. This was not, uh, oh, I don't know, <laughs> reggae Christmas music or disco Christmas music. This was this obscure 1984 album with a bunch of artists that they were not megastars. Right. They, they didn't go on to do amazing <laughs> things. And I just, it's an interesting point in time snapshot of something that was going on in the Northeast in the, the early to mid 80s. I think it's really cool. Jerry, I'm so glad that you brought it today. Yes. Thank you for this. I, well, you're welcome. I was doing research because I, I wanted to, you know, I was going to cover this album on my shows at some point and all of a sudden i thought you know what i bet scott would love to hear this album at the time i hadn't even heard it yet just i only read that article and i thought this has got to oh, be really okay. cool. That's cool i mean sounds interesting yeah <laughs> it's yeah i i've never heard of this before i'm glad so. you said that jerry because i kind of had visions of you like riding around in your car listening oh this is my favorite christmas <laughs> album and i was gonna be like well that's no. that's weird dude no no um, definitely not <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was cool. And there are two more albums. Jay, I don't know that I'm quite ready to jump back in this pool. Why don't we put some time? I'd love to yeah. have Jerry back, but let's let's have him, you know, and, and Jerry, your commentary today was just fantastic. Right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> you you have put the you have put us to shame. No, I've, no. You know, no, a lot of it, and now I feel like a lot of womp womp when I'm talking. <laughs> no, um, no. But, I, I enjoyed I I thought it was great. I mean, I I love talking with y'all. And uh, listeners, let us know what you thought of this. This is uh, this is not the standard fare that we play on here, but I'm I'm glad we did it. Uh, we'll go back to something a little more mainstream, uh, you know, in the in the coming weeks. But Jerry, what a, what a fun time! Jay and I started this show because we would text each other like, "Hey, I just heard some song I've never ever heard before." That was rare and interesting. That was the entirety of today. I've never heard any of this stuff before. Well, you know, this is the life we chose, man. This is this is the what it what it is. Do you remember that Christmas album? Uh, it was called A Christmas Record. What's that? No. Okay. It's, so it's got like was not was on it. Uh, it's where the the everybody walked the dinosaur. Yeah, those guys. Uh, the waitress's Christmas wow. rapping like debuted on that that's album. I mean, oh, that's a great song. Yeah, we should. I mean, I'm just saying, if you want me to come back one day, maybe we should do that one. I feel like we might have missed something here. We got to cover this. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't tease us. You know what? How about this? Have you ever done a very special Christmas on your show, Jerry? No. Um, Todd and, and Michael Crystalman had been wanting to cover it with me, uh, but I would love to have like just a bunch of people together. Can Jay and I crash the party on that one? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I, yeah. I, I've done I've done mega episodes before. So, yeah, for sure. We'll get all the Todd's in one place. <laughs> Listeners, if you're listening to this Jingle Jank episode on the feed of Totally Rad Christmas, first of all, thank you for getting this far. Not just deleting and saying, well, forget this. Uh, you know, it's, This is not all Jerry all the time, so we're moving on. Um, we would love for you to come on over and check out more of what we do. So go to JingleJank.com. You can find uh, links to all the episodes we've done. You can see the list of all the songs we've ever covered, uh, links to our social media accounts and email address. If you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from listeners. Tell us what they liked, what they didn't like, or suggestions for topics for episodes. We're always open to that because the after 35 episodes, Jerry, the pickings are getting a little slim. Well, I'll see what I can do. I, I have a few that I could suggest. <laughs> right on. Anything else today, uh, gentlemen, before we uh, adjourn? 
I know this episode ran a little long, but I think it was worth it. It was fun. I had fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you for making the time for us, Jerry. Yeah. Thank and, you. And like I said, your commentary was just amazing. It's going to up <laughs> our game. I mean, I'm going to wear a top hat and a monocle next time, Jay, we do this. Yes. Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Gonna... Classing up the joint here. Yeah. He's going to monopoly guy it. <laughs> you be the monopoly guy. I'll be Mr. Peanut. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody, today, and we'll see you again in two weeks. Merry Christmas. Cheers. Feliz Navidad. Felix Nativitatis. Or Nativitas, maybe. I don't remember. Something like that. (laughs) All music used in this episode is property of its respective copyright owner, and no infringement is intended. These clips were played under the expectation of fair use for purposes of education or commentary. You can find links to all the songs we played in the show notes. Please don't sue us. We don't make any money from this. Look, Jack, I got it right this week and I didn't screw up the editing. The worst episode ever.